Would you turn with me to Exodus, the 12th chapter this morning, and also 1 Corinthians, chapter 5. Everybody got to victory today? You ought to be happy. Amen. Even if you got problems, you got a whole lot of things to be thankful for. Amen. You got more reasons to be glad than you do to be sad. If the only reason you had was that you're saved, not going to hell. Anybody glad about that? I mean, worst case scenario, if everything went wrong, nothing went right, you're still saved. Amen? (laughs) If for some reason you just, you got it all mixed up and messed up and you didn't get your needs met and and you died prematurely, well, you step out of your body and look at it and go, well, that's done. Let's go to be with Jesus. Amen. Which is what we're all going to do anyhow. But we can have victory now too. I said we can be overcomers now too. And that's what church is about. In Exodus the 12th chapter. We're going to have uh, observed communion this morning. And uh, there's a number of reasons why we're, we're doing this. And why we will do it. On a regular basis. We don't want to do anything just as a habit. Or a ritual, because when you when when you do something so much that it's just routine to you and it doesn't mean anything, then you're not going to be getting any benefits out of it, and it's not going to be pleasing the Lord. Everything needs to be done by faith. We need to have an understanding of what we're doing. But this is very very important. Jesus said, "As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me." And in doing so, we are remembering Him. We're showing his death till he comes. We're showing what he did. And we're showing what he's going to do. How many believe he has done it? He has paid the price. Amen. For full redemption. How many believe he is coming again? And we've got to be closer to his coming than anybody else has ever been. Right? They thought it was close thousands of years ago. But it's got to be close now. Amen. And so we are honoring his sacrifice. And we're showing forth His coming. We are also glorying in our redemption. The, I mean, we ought to be reverent, but we ought to be happy. How many know you can be reverent without being depressed? You can show respect without getting sad. Yes, yes, let's, these things are holy. Yes, they're important. But uh, also, it's, it's through this sacrifice that you and I have life. And healing and every blessing. And also, like I said, we we want to stir ourselves up on a regular basis to honor the blood and the body and to remember all the benefits that we had. Didn't the scripture say in Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Amen. Um, Have you found Exodus 12 yet? While we're talking about this, let me take just a little side journey. We're all still learning each other, right? Y'all are getting to know me. I'm getting to know you. And, uh, I'll, I'll give you, you know, as I am able to and as the Lord leads me, different things that would help communicate the vision to you and, and what the Lord's put on our heart and how we operate and how we tend to operate. You can see if you like it or not and see if you're supposed to be hooked up or not. Uh, one thing I want to ask you a question, and I want us to talk about it just a little bit. 
so you have it in mind. Do you think, let's say I, I had a side business. Let's say I sold shoes as well as preached. Do you think it would be appropriate for me to come in in the Sunday morning service here and try to sell you some shoes along with preaching or teaching? Huh? You don't think so? Uh, well, I don't think so. Okay, I don't think it's appropriate. <clears throat> and so I'm not going to. And so I would ask you to do the same. You understand what I mean by that? The, one of the first things the Lord said to us concerning this place, He said, sanctify this place to me. It's His place. And uh, we live in a very lax, disrespectful society where people don't know what honor is. And uh, so you, you see one of the strongest demonstrations of Jesus concerning people selling stuff in His house. Right? You suppose he's changed? I don't think he has. And so have you noticed that I don't get up here and, 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 and try to hard sell you on books and tapes every service or, or any other thing? They're out there outside the auditorium. They're available. You know they're there. They're important. They're good tools. They'll help you. I mean, you take a tape series home, that means I get to spend, uh, you know, 10 hours with you. Teaching you a one-on-one instead of one hour or two. But at the same time, uh, I'm telling you, I'm not going to come in here and, and, and make a marketplace out of the service. Okay? I'm not going to try to sell you stuff. And uh, I want you to do the same. I want us to have a reverence when we come to church. And don't try to make sales in the lobby. Don't try to make sales out on the parking lot. Uh, don't try to use church as a place to make contacts for business. Did you hear me? Okay. Is that, is that okay? Uh, now, you, I didn't say you can't do business with people at the church, just not at church. All right? And if something comes up, just say, well, hey, you know, let's meet tomorrow and talk about it. Or let's, uh, because after all, you, you ought to have a day of rest. Two, that you're not thinking about these things and you're not pushing something. And people need to be able to come and not feel any pressure from anybody, right? And let's just be friends here. Let's just be brothers and sisters. Amen. And, and let's... Thank you. But while we're here, let's, let's leave that outside. Amen. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. Have you found Exodus 12 yet? Give you plenty of time. Uh, what a, have you got 1 Corinthians 5 also? Let's read 1 Corinthians 5 first. How many believe the things of God are holy? They should be respected. Amen. It's not all right to... You know, let's say somebody's having hands laid on them. Let's say somebody's being baptized in water or somebody's being prayed for. It's not all right for everybody to be eating hamburgers and hot dogs and telling jokes, and right? In the crowd, is it? And that's one reason we got a little sign up there, you know, no food and drink in the auditorium. Uh, we, we need no distractions. 
We need to give God our full attention. Amen. And our full respect. And you just watch. The more you honor God like that, the more you respect Him, He will move stronger. He will manifest Himself stronger. Amen. Because you are exhibiting faith when you honor Him like that. In 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. Says, purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. That last sentence I'd like for you to read with me. Even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed. For us. Everybody, let's read it out loud, please. Let it confess it off you because you're, you're talking about you. Is he your sacrifice as well? Say it out loud. Even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Now, if you know your scripture some, you know that in the Old Testament, in the passage I've got you holding there, Exodus 12, which you can go ahead and go to right now, it tells about the Passover that was instituted. When God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, out of Egyptian bondage. And we're told in the New Testament that that is a type of what Jesus is to us today. You can learn so much about New Testament reality by seeing the Old Testament type and shadow. So let's read this in Exodus 12 and remind ourselves of the Passover, how it was implemented, how it operated, why. And then see the reality of how the Christ today now is our Passover. You remember in Exodus 12, all of these plagues had, had come upon the land of Egypt, upon Pharaoh and his people, because they would not listen to God, because they wouldn't let his people go. And I mean, there was the frogs and the blood and the lice and the hail and the dust. Composed of families. 
I mean, there are very few things that are more important than the family. Amen. God ordained it from the beginning that there be a man, that there be a woman, a husband and wife, that they be married and committed to each other, but they have kids that they love and stick with and take care of. Family is essential. And the church is to be a family, and God deals with families. And so he tells them at this time, every house, every family is to take a lamb for each house, each family. And he said, verse 4, if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house. Take it according to the number of the souls. How many of families can hook up together? Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, you shall take it from the sheep or the goats. Does that sound familiar? First Peter 1 talks about it, that we were not redeemed with, corrupt, uh, with corruptible things, like silver and gold from our vain conversation received by tradition from our fathers. But we have been redeemed with the precious, amen, incorruptible blood of the spotless lamb. He, see, this lamb is a type of the one who was to come. All of this is typical. Egypt is a type of the world. And the bondage, they were in slavery. They were in bondage. And when you're in sin, and when you're not saved, I don't care how much money you got or how much fame you got, you are a slave. You're a slave to the world. You're a slave to the enemy. You know, sometimes people will try to tell you when you talk to them about receiving Jesus, and they'll say, well, you know, I don't want to get saved right now. I just want to kind of do my own thing. There's nobody on the planet that's doing their own thing. You're going to serve somebody. You're either serving the Lord or you're serving the enemy. People don't think they are, but they are. And they're in bondage to that. Isn't it good to be free? That you don't have to sin, you don't have to follow the wrong way. Amen. You can obey God. Everybody say, I'm free. Go on reading. He said, You shall keep that the lamb until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. You know, people think, you know, well, boy, this is gory. I mean, taking a little lamb, a little innocent, a little bitty thing, and killing it, and, and, and shedding its blood, and taking its blood, and smearing it on stuff, and taking the blood. That's just, that's just gory. Listen, sin is a serious matter. Amen. People mock at sin and they make fun of it, but sin is a serious thing. The wages and the result of sin is death. And there's only one way to avoid it, and that's for life to be paid for it. Amen. Life had to be paid, and the Bible tells us the life is in the blood. If somebody gives all their blood, they gave all their life. This lamb gave all its, its blood. Well, it's innocent. It never did anything to anybody. Why kill this little lamb? Same with the Son of God. Amen? Innocent. He never hurt anybody. He never committed any sin. But if he hadn't paid the price, you and I would have to. Amen? There would be no, no uh, cleansing for our sin. We'd have to go to hell. We'd have to pay the price. So how many are glad that the innocent took our place? And that his blood was shed. To us, it's not just a gory thing. To us, it's salvation. Amen. We honor the blood. Keep reading. He said, 
They shall take the blood. Now I want you to notice, once they, once they took the lamb, there were two things they were supposed to do with it. Everybody say two. Hold up two fingers for me. I want you to get there. How many things were they supposed to do? Two. Number one, they were to take the blood and to strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the house. That's the entryway. Right? Side and overhead. Put the blood on there. And then if we read later, we'll see you, you get all the family in the house behind this door that's marked and covered with blood. Is this typical for us today? It is. As we go further, you'll see it. Take the blood. Apply it. Then number two, verse eight. Number two. And they shall eat the flesh. A lot of people miss this. Just taking the blood and applying it was not all they were supposed to do. Once they did that, then they get inside the house. They're supposed to eat the meat. They're supposed to eat the, the body of the lamb. Do we have benefit?
seventh chapter is an account after account of faith exploits. But in Hebrews 11 and 27, talking about Moses, Hebrews 11, 27, he said, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, he endured as seeing him who is invisible, and through lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. There's protection under the blood. Everybody say that out loud. There's protection under the blood. Now say this. There's protection for the whole family under the blood. Didn't they get the whole family in the house? Amen. There were some bad things going on that night. Go back to Exodus 12. Let's finish reading the story. Exodus 12. We were at verse 11. He said, this is the way you eat it. You eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff, your, your traveling walking stick in your hand, and eat it in a hurry. Now keep this in mind because we're about to partake of the elements. This was, I mean, this was very real. This was a real lamb, real blood, real meat, real shoes, real bags packed, real deliverance. But how many understand all of that was just a type of what we've got today, which is the real thing. That really happened, but it was just a type. So today, when you and I observe communion, we are, we are to partake of it the same way they did, in faith. In expectation. So right now inside, for the next few minutes, I want you to be uh, girding up your loins. And putting your shoes on. You know what I mean by that? What do you mean? Getting ready. I said getting ready. Do we have any benefits today? From the shed blood and the broken body? See, to millions, it's a shame that to millions, communion has just become a ritual. Folk come in, they observe it, and they go out. They don't expect anything. They don't receive anything. And after doing it so much, it doesn't mean much of anything. It's supposed to be holy. We're supposed to commune the dying back when we do it. We're supposed to enjoy the benefits of the shed blood and the benefits of the broken body. And when we, when we lift up that cup, we're supposed to take it with expectation. Amen.
a physical deliverance hmm? by giving a type of Christ. But if there's no healing and no physical blessing in current modern redemption, then this type is misrepresented. Because the scripture tells us we have a better covenant established upon better promises. Amen. We didn't lose anything that they had by the coming of Jesus. We got everything they had plus. 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 We got the name of Jesus and authority. Plus. We got the anointing of the Holy Ghost on us. Plus. of God, surely I can be kept. I can be protected from the destroyer. Amen. Say it out loud. There's protection under the blood. They all did what he said. They came in there and, and picture it. I mean, you know, all the family is fully dressed, bags packed, ready to go. Why? God says we're coming out tonight. Blood's out there on the entryway and they're sitting at the table eating this lamb. 
Now in Psalm 105, are you there? Psalm 105. This whole psalm is talking about how God brought these people out. And in Psalm 105, verse 36. 105, 36 says, He, God, smote the firstborn in their land. We know it was the destroyer that actually did it. He allowed, God allowed it. The chief of all their strength. And verse 37, what does it say? He brought them, the Israelites, his people, he brought them forth also with silver and with gold. Now let's just stop right there. Under this old and worse covenant, they had money. Who gave it to them? Who made Abraham rich? And Isaac and Jacob and Solomon and David. Has he changed? No. Hmm. The first thing he did when he brought his people out is he gave them money and he healed them. Isn't that right? Keep reading. He brought them forth also with what? Silver and gold. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Now, out of all 12 tribes, we know there were what? 603,550 or so soldiers. Add to that the women, add to that the older people, add to that to the children, and you got somewhere around a couple of million people, at least, maybe three, maybe four. Suffice it to say, millions of people. Have you ever seen a church of any size that you could say there wasn't one sickly, not one feeble person in the whole bunch of, say, a thousand people, much less millions Now, I submit to you that these people had a lot of sickly folk in in their midst and a lot of feeble people. Why? Because they were treated like animals. We see in the previous chapters, their taskmasters were working them crazy. They were making them make bricks without the supplies. So they had to go half the night and gather straw and then work all day long. And if they didn't get their quotas, they're beating them like an animal. They're not fed. They're put in these little hovels of places. They don't have proper medical care. They're not clothed properly. Don't tell me that after years of slavery and this kind of abuse and treatment, you don't have a lot of people that are sickly. And a lot of people are weak. You got Uncle Joe that the taskmaster broke his leg and they never said it. And, and you got so-and-so that was overworked and had a heat stroke. And you got so-and-so that was, got too cold because didn't have a proper place to sleep. There were a lot of people. That were sick, weakly, damaged, hurt. Oh, but can you get the picture? He said, come on in here tonight. Put the blood on the doorway. Take the lamb and get back in the house and shut that door. You and Uncle Joe with the broke leg. It ain't Mildred with the stroke. I know she's on the bed, but dress her up. Put her in her clothes. Pack her bags. Amen. Uncle Ben said, come over, help me. Help me, little Johnny. Help me get my shoes on. What you need your shoes on tonight, Uncle Ben? Because I'm going out. God's not leaving anybody. He said, he's taking us all out. I submit to you that while they sat there and they ate of the body of the lamb, which the Bible tells us that by his stripes that were laid on his body, ye were healed. Why was his body broken? 
so that ours could be whole. Amen. And while they ate, the next thing we read is they're all coming out of there, all three million of them or whatever it is, including Aunt Mildred, including Uncle Ben, and God who cannot lie and knows what he's talking about says there was not one. Feeble person among all their tribe. Friend, if God can do that with the Israelites that were just worshiping idols a couple of days ago. That they hadn't been born again. They didn't know anything about the New Testament. This is just a type of what you and I have. If they could be healed, if they could come out with silver and gold and not one of them be feeble, millions of them, how much more should you and I under this new and this better covenant should be able to be protected from the destroyer? Amen. Needs met. All needs met. Spiritual and natural. Because we got a better covenant. Somebody say better covenant. Better covenant. Glory. Anybody happy about this beside me? He brought them out. Is he still bringing people out today? Anybody that will get under the blood. Anybody that will enter into covenant with him. You can come out. There's no debt too big he can't bring you out of. There's no stupor of depression or heaviness that he can't bring you out of. There's no heartache. Our soul sorrow that he can't bring you out of. There's no problem. There's no sin. There's no habit. There's no bondage. People say, yeah, but I've been shooting up for all these years. I don't care how long it's been. Yeah, but you don't know what I've done. Yeah, and you don't know how powerful the blood is. Makes no difference what you've done. If you'll repent, if you'll receive from him, you can come out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you need to tighten up your belt. You need to put your shoes on. You need to find your traveling stick. Amen. Get your bags back. Why? Because we're coming out of sin. We're coming out of lack. We're coming out of bondage. We're coming out of sickness. We're coming out of oppression. God's bringing us out. I said God is bringing us out. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody said, why don't you lift your voice like that for? Because I want to. Amen. Because... Because it don't get no better than this. I mean, you can think it does, but it doesn't get any better than this kind of thing. People don't understand why y'all go to church and, and why you do all this and talk so long about all this. And they all carry on and they're just fanatical. Now we're just saved. Actually. Really. Amen. Praise God forever. Go to 1 Corinthians, please. Everybody say, covered by the blood. First Corinthians 11. First Corinthians 11 and verse 23. He said, I have received of the Lord. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three, That which also I have delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take ye, this is my body. How many things do we observe in communion? How many elements? Two. two. Not one. Two. This is my body, which is broken for you. Broken. Why did it have to be broken? We're told that by his stripes. How many understand, did Jesus have to be 
Scourged? Did he have to be tied to the whipping post and scourged to shed his blood? Didn't he shed his blood on the cross? Hmm? Then, then why did this have to be done too? Jesus gave himself spirit, soul, and body for us for complete redemption. How? Spirit, soul, and body. Some folk don't believe it. They don't want to look at it. But didn't the scripture say not only did he take our sin, he bore our sin, he became sin with our sin. But did the scripture also say that he took our infirmities, that he bore, he carried our sicknesses. That's New Testament. Amen. Matthew 8 and 1 Peter 2. Did the Bible also say that he bore the chastisement of our peace? He took the, the, the oppression of mental problems and soulical anguish. Didn't he do it? Didn't the Bible say he became poor? Though he was rich, he became poor for our sakes that we might be made rich. Everybody say he gave himself. Spirit. Soul. Body. So I could be free. Spirit. Soul. And body. You believe it? I believe it. I said I believe it. I have a right to freedom in every area of my life. Not just spiritually, thank God for that, but also spiritually and also mentally and also emotionally and also physically and also financially. To be more than a conqueror in every arena of life to His glory as a witness to Him. Amen? Can He keep you in every area? Can He heal you in every area? Can He meet your needs in every area? Yes, yes, yes. Somebody say, I believe it. Keep reading, he said, after the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped, he said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Amen. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. And if you go on to read down, he said there was a reason in verse 29 and 30 that a lot of them were weak and a lot of them were sickly and a lot of them had died prematurely. You see that in verse 30? And what was the reason that a lot of the Christians at the church of Corinth were weak? Now see, when he got them, when God brought his Israelites out, there was not one weak, not one feeble. But here in the church, in the new and better covenant, he said there's uh, many of you that's weak and sickly and many are, are asleep or have died prematurely. Verse 29 gives the reason. Why? Not discerning the Lord's blood. Huh? No. What? Not discerning what? The Lord's body. How many things do we do in communion? Two. Two elements. Two things with the Passover lamb. Two. Everybody say two. Not one. See, two. Two. He said you're not discerning it. You know, in so many places today, people are observing communion. And that's good if you do it right. But if you do it wrong like they did, it can be very bad. Many people take up the cup, and if you took their hand and you said, now hold up, what are you doing? They said, well, taking communion. And you said, why? A lot of them would look at you and go, well, this is what we do. And that's all they know. Then are they discerning the blood? Do they have any understanding about what's, what's going on? No. Some people could tell you. Some people could say, well, the blood was shed uh, to, to wash away my sins. And to give me eternal life. You say, yes, amen. Drink up. 
Well, then when they take the bread and they lifted it up and they broke it and, and you stopped and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, what are you doing? Observing communion. Why? Like I said, a lot of people wouldn't even know why. Well, this is our religion. This is what we do. That's not good enough. But if they said, well, this represents the body. You said, okay, great. Why did you, you break it? Because his body was broken. Okay, why? Why was it broken? Um, so many people would tell you, for my sins. Well, I thought you said the blood washed you of your sin. Well, it does. So this is just redundant. See, did you see why he said so many of them were weak and sickly? We're talking about physical problems, right? Why? Because of a failure to discern the blood? No. A failure to discern what? The body. Amen. How many believe today, we're going to do it in just a minute. How many believe we're supposed to lift up that bread symbolizing the body and know that his body was broken, that by his stripes I was healed. Amen. His was broken so that mine could be whole. Amen. And friend, when you do that, you can receive, when you take the cup, you can receive cleansing, you can receive washing, and when you take the bread, you can receive healing. Amen. If it worked for them under the old covenant, it works for us today. Can you say amen? Why don't you stand on your feet? Musicians, if you'd come and get ready and just play.